You are listening to a live message from Gold Street Garden Church with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before and your desire to know him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. Father, we just thank you. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that you are here dwelling in the midst of us. We thank you. We bring forth our offering of our time, of our affection, of our focus, of our finances, of our gifts, of our talents. We just bring it all to you. And we say thank you. We thank you for the air, for the breath that we breathe. We thank you for the gifts and talents that you have blessed us upon. We thank you for the wisdom, the truth, the joy that is our momentum. We just thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you that you said that you would never leave us nor forsake us. So I thank you, Father, that we never have to be sad or be in fear because you are with us. You're right here with us. And there's no greater comfort than knowing that your most beloved is right there with you. We thank you for the communion. We thank you for the fellowship. We thank you for the the thoughts that you have for us, we thank you that they outnumber the grains of sand and they're not just ordinary thoughts. They're thoughts of beauty and of, and of grace, of encouragement. So we thank you. We thank you for hearing your thoughts of us tonight. We thank you that any distractions are just pushed as far from the east as to the west. And we thank you. We thank you for a rhema word, a, rhema, a word right now. We glorify you. We thank you. We just worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We thank you, Father. We thank you that it's not a new wisdom a revelation, but it's just a greater, deeper one of you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you just as even we look into diamonds. We thank you that there's new lights and facets, but it's the same thing. But in each new light, you just see a more beauty within it. So we thank you for understanding a greater part of your word, a greater part of who you are, your heart, your mission. We just glorify you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We just bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I'm, last week was a... Uh, <laughs> last week was glory, yes. Uh, it was, uh, we had ourselves a time. I really believe it's going uh, to be very similar, just uh, going forward, just what the Lord really wants to do. Uh, the word on my heart tonight that uh, without like going through, sometimes when I'm just in the word and I'm diving deep, going into things. Sometimes I'll be studying an in particular topic or an in particular thing the Lord has put a, you know, a flashlight on for me. And I'm just like, I'm going after it. And then as I'm doing that, then something else in that pursuit is revealed. I don't know if that's happened with anybody before, but you're going after something God told you to. And then in that pursuit, you find something even more than surpassed what you were going after. And that's kind of where we're at um, tonight. But I do really feel led to share something that the Lord spoke to me during worship. And at the end, I would like to sing Move Your Heart like a hundred times or whatever, if that's all right. Amen. I just think that would be a uh, suffice. But um, that song has just been like, I, I, when I've been just at home studying, it's just like face plant song. I'm just like studying. I'm just like, nope, can't do this right now. I'm just like, and just the uh, Lord's just been really dealing with me in that arena. But I wanted to read something right before we get into what I what the Lord has, because this is a this is a word for right this this moment. I want to share this too right before we go. Uh, if did anybody watch online um, last night from Gold Street? We had a evangelist Yana Pauls, um, and if you're not familiar with her, she's a. I went to Bible college with her like 13 years ago, and she has gone on to preach in 34 countries of the world, and she's even preached in Syria. And like the Ukraine, and she's been in places where there's bombs going off, uh, snipers uh, were even fate. And we had her on last night, and she's agreed to come next week. And she's going to preach next week. And uh, she's going to lay hands on everybody because uh, we all need more, more boldness, right? And people that have gone to uh, those extents, we're going to 
we're honored to host people that have paid a price like that and are going. And uh, we need, we just need the different personas. And I really believe uh, the Lord's going to open that up and that we're going to be connecting with a lot of people this year that is going to help us just detonate clear water. Like, like Nick was saying before, like really anything that's a major problem in Clearwater has to bow to the name of Jesus. Because the, the, the reason God called us to this city was not to have a nice little church. <laughs> Screw that. You know what I'm saying? I'll go find a good job somewhere. I'm here because the Lord said, come to Clearwater. And as, as problems get revealed to us, as we find out what the devil's been up to here, we're like, oh, that's why we're here. <laughs> Time's up. Time is up. And all this stuff that's been going on the past month and a half, it's just preparation for what's about. Because the, the word of the Lord tonight is maximum harvest. Maximum harvest is the word of the Lord tonight. And... Uh, I'm telling you, you, we are about to see something so unprecedented. We are about to see that, that Jesus said the harvest was ripe millenniums ago. He said the harvest is ripe, which means that right now, all you have to do is say his name in a grocery store. You say his name at the gas station because the laborers are few. Well, what is the labor entering into rest? How do you enter in a rest? You just, you're fellowshipping with Jesus all day. What is evangelism? It's just inviting somebody else into your conversation with Jesus you are already having. It's only difficult to talk about Jesus if you're not talking to him. If you're talking to him all the time, it should be really easy. Hey, me, my best friend, you need a healing? You need something? And we just see this happen. But I want to read this right before we go into what I want to share, and it's, during worship, there is something that's happening, and I think a lot of people sense it, that in worship, in this hour we are living in, there is an intimacy that is happening for the body of Christ. And, it, and it's the thing you have to realize is as the wedding day gets closer, the bride becomes more and more awakened that the moment is coming. And I really believe that worship is going to this such intimate level that we're going is because we're, we're getting so close. And I want to show you something that just we've probably read before, but it was like during worship, this just really hit me. And if you go to Mark 14, this is just bonus for tonight. Bonus. Um, <laughs> Mark 14, starting, starting in verse 3. And this is uh, Mary of Bethany says, and being in Bethany at the house of Simon, the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. This was like a year's worth of wages um, that she was bringing a gift an offering of a year's worth of wages. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted for it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor? And they criticized her sharply. I want to ask you something. Did Jesus ask for this woman to do this? No. Jesus did not ask this woman to do this. But here's the thing. As you keep reading, what was she doing? She worshiped, right? She worshiped. And then, but Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me, for you have the poor with you always. And whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. This woman, her worship, Jesus did not ask her to do this, but she was so moved by what he had done in her life, that it compelled her to bring her best to him. And then Jesus then says that this woman is actually doing exactly what she's supposed to be doing. And it wasn't a command he did, he gave her to do it, but it was her heart being so impacted that her worship led her to complete obedience. That she didn't even have to know everything. She didn't have to know all these details. All she knew is that I was impacted by this man. He changed my life. He forgave me. And I'm going to bring my best. And then Jesus says that what this woman did, 
she did in preparation for my greatest manifestation of why I'm here. That our worship literally prepares the greatest manifestation of Jesus. And if as the worship and the intimacy is rising right now, what we are doing, some of you don't even realize that God is dropping phrases and scriptures in your heart during these intimate times. And it's, and it's corporately and it's in the private, it's in the secret place. He's dropping little words and he's dropping hints. And it's, lead, it's these breadcrumbs leading to the marriage supper of the Lamb. <laughs> it's these crumbs and he's dropping them in worship and you're just you and you get in this book and the intimacy is just taking us to complete obedience and he's not even saying do this do this it's just my worship is just a magnet pulling me to him the intimacy is just it's it's a magnet of glory i just have to be in his presence and that's why that's why even tonight, people that have been with us for the past month and a half when the, the church doors were closed in a lot of places, we are just, we just, the reason we didn't stop wasn't to prove, prove a point. I want everybody to understand. There was no point to prove. It's just what, what has been deposited in my heart prevents me from just standing idly by because of the deep convictions in my heart. And that's not, that's not, this is not judgment or things for anybody else. It's just people have to understand that there's convictions that get placed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And it draws us to places that are going to probably be very uncomfortable and extremely controversial. And that's why we've been talking for a month and a half. Jesus said, take up your cross daily. Do you know what that means? Persecution daily. It just, it really, it should happen every day and it shouldn't be a surprise and it shouldn't violate your heart because that's a, that's the biggest problem with sometimes American church cultures. As soon as somebody disagrees with you, you're about to, you know, you're, you know, your whole day's ruined. Some people, if they disagree with you, you can't even think straight. You can't do, you can't do anything right. You read the Bible and all you can think about, they really need to repent. You know, how, how dare they not see the Jesus that I see? It's like, love your enemy. Can we remember what the word says? And, and the thing about loving our enemies is, do you know the first thing in Luke's gospel? And I, the very first thing Jesus mutters when he's on the cross in Luke's gospel is forgive them for they know not what they do. Do you know when you're hanging on a cross that to, to, to even whatever Jesus uttered on the cross took everything within his being to speak it? Like it took to, to pull himself up to, to say something. Some of us are like, I'll just forgive them in my head or I'll forgive. You know, Jesus, I forgive them. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Very first thing in Luke's gospel that's recorded that comes out of the mouth of Jesus on the cross. Take up your cross daily and just, and we just, and, and the thing about loving your enemies that's so powerful is it's actually the greatest way to begin to know the heart of God. It's actually an invitation to know his character in a way that you never could. Feeling lovey good feelings in the presence of God is amazing. But when you love your enemy, a supernatural grace comes on you and it's called the character of God resting on you. And you then actually, what does Paul say? I want to partake in his sufferings. You know how you do that? You love your enemy. You love people that persecute you. You love, you love them. Do you know Jesus was a Jewish man? I was talking to a guy before service. Do you know sometimes, you know, and Nick was even sharing before, like sometimes even with, we have to understand that. Did you know, did you know the book of Acts? Did you know what scriptures they taught from in the book of Acts? The Old Testament. They taught from the Torah. They, 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 memor, they knew that. And then do you understand the New Testament is literally just unveiling what God was doing the whole time in the Old Testament. Sometimes we're, when people say we're not under the old law and things like that, I feel like a lot of times they don't even understand what they're saying because Jesus came to fulfill that because it was important and it's still important. And the thing that with the word that the Lord has on my heart tonight with maximum harvest is I really believe that there is, there's so much hidden in the Old Testament right now for right now. And I'm sure, I'm sure you guys all know that. Some of you, like the book of Daniel right now is screaming. There's, you know, you read these things and you understand 
that we are living in such an unparalleled time and we really need to get get with it. And I want to share just for a few minutes and I want to get back to just loving on him because I really believe that the Lord wants to deposit supernatural things by the preaching of the word. But there is something that is going to happen here tonight. Are you in faith with me? That that I've been having conversations. We need to start talking crazy faith again, right? Like I've been, I was talking to, to Brother Tom the other day. He's confirming some, and we really need, we've had multiple people that I, I don't even know very well that are saying this LA Fitness is our, is our, is our building, is, is the church's building. Do you understand? Do you, we, the, the church needs to take over right now. That, that, that this is what needs to happen. That because there's a famine everywhere, because there is things, the church needs to start talking crazy faith. We need to start, like when we talk to each other, I want to hear your crazy dreams. I want to hear it. And as we start talking, if we don't talk about it, we won't create it. We have to commu- We have to talk about it. Like we have to say that bill. Like every time we drive up, that building's ours. That building's ours. You know, it's it's in LA Fitness. It's got a pool. We can do water baptisms every service. Like you know what I'm saying? Oh man, there's plenty of room to run. Plenty of room to run. And. And what we're going to do, and here's, and I just want to, I want you all to understand where my heart's at, that, that this parking lot, since they're not going to be using it for baseball this year, and they're not going to be using it, what we need to do, if we believe that that's ours, we're going to do outreaches in this parking lot. We're going to tell the lost, we're going to go out there, we're going to get crazy, right? Everybody is going to know that Jesus is Lord of this city, right? As Nick was saying it before, like Scientology Oh man, like they like love our enemies. I want to see, you know, somebody had a vision. They're not here tonight, but they came up to me and it bore witness with me so much. I'm going to share it right now. They had a vision. They came here. uh, I don't remember where it was, but the opening night was awesome too. We had somebody else, but this was just recently. Somebody, somebody was worshiping at the altar and had a vision of Hulk Hogan worshiping in here. And, you know, when I first heard that, I was like, that's awesome. That's really cool. I've met Hulk Hogan before, but I was like, uh, twice actually we met. <laughs> but the thing is, is that somebody had that, but this is what they said right after it, is that I'm not sure if Hulk Hogan's going to come, but the Lord just spoke to me that people of great influence are going to start walking through this door and things are going to start getting paid for like crazy. And that just happened. And I'm, I'm sh- we have to have these conversations so that way we're all in faith. So when Hulk Hogan walks through the door, we're not all going like whatever. We're like, what's up, man? Like, it's time, you know, because we got to get ready. John Travolta, walk through the door. You know what I'm saying? Let's start believing for these things to take place. These, God loves these people. He loves these people. But the only way we can see these things happen is if we start getting really crazy. We can't just have these little little nice services. We've been having these services to prep for harvest time. Harvest time. And when Nick was saying before, with, with God having family on his heart, did you know God is a family? Did you know, like, without us, he's a family all alone. So you think family's big to him? He's a family. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is a family. And he's invited us in that family. That relationship, if anything, the thing that we have to understand is that when relationship is neglected, revelation is extinct. That, that That relationship is revelation. That's why so many people miss it in different arenas because they're studying the scriptures, but they're studying for information's sake or they're studying to try to understand. We're studying because we only want to see him when we're reading. That's why God gave us the Holy Spirit because you can't understand that without the Spirit. It's ridiculous. Do you Have you read this book? Am I the only one that reads this book and it's like, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, this is a bunch of ridiculous crap. Like I'm just, and I'm, Lord, I, you know, I, I, but if you just read this without the Spirit of God, dragons and, and blood everywhere, throw it on your doorpost and, you know, all this stuff. Let's have, you know, it's like all this stuff going on. Yeah, eat my flesh, drink my blood. 
Jesus is coming back on a white horse and he's got fire in his eye. What do you mean? I need the Holy Spirit to understand this. I don't need a theologian to break this down for me. I need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. It's harvest time. And the Holy Spirit is stirring us up. He's stirring us up. It's time to go. It's, it's been, it's, oh, it's over time to go, but it's about to happen in such a magnificent way. And I just want to show you a few things tonight that even, and it's important to know that Jesus even, or Paul says, we, we were joking about this, talking about marriage the other night, that, that the man that teaches on marriage the most in the new covenant wasn't even married. That's why you have to understand people try to figure things out, but the Holy Spirit knows more. So you don't need experience when he is the experience. You don't need a story because he is the story. He's ever in the Holy Spirit. He brings these things to fruition. And Paul says in Ephesians five that to understand the church and, 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 and Jesus is the greatest mystery. And he's talking about marriage. Because the Holy Spirit is revealing something. It's family. It's family. It's family that Jesus is coming back for a story-eyed bride. He's coming back. That isn't it going to be so amazing? It's like I, I really believe that it's going to happen. Did, and here's what we're going to talk about. Did you know? Some of you might know this, but did you know that Tuesday is is the third day? Did you know Tuesday is the third day? It's important you understand because the Sabbath, according to when, when you study Jewish and you understand Saturday is the Sabbath, not Sunday. That's American church culture. doing, And you can and we celebrate God any any time. But Tuesday is the third day when you read scriptures and it said on the third day, it's Tuesday. So I started on Tuesday years ago just because it was nice. And then the Lord revealed later that Tuesday is the third day. So that's why special things happen on Tuesday. It's a beautiful thing. And every day is a beautiful But I just really believe I, the, the intimacy is growing. I really believe that I, when we're worshiping sometimes, I'm just like, is this it? Is the, like, is, he come, is the roof about to get pulled off this place? Because that's how we have to worship. It has to be this. Ex, we talked about it last week when Paul and Silas were in prison. They're in prison and they're worshiping, but they're, 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 we don't have scripture evidence that they're asking for deliverance, but they're just worshiping because Jesus said that when you're arrested for my name, that's a sign that I'm coming back soon. So Paul and Silas are in prison worshiping, not because they want to be delivered of a natural thing. Thing, they're thinking he's coming back he's coming back and we need to treat these things that when the devil is bringing opposition it's to to live as christ if i'm here if i'm here it's all him but if he takes but if if it's my time to go then so you know what i'm saying but i i think we all sense we all sense that there's major work that needs to get done before then but every day i live in this this is, it's, it's amazing that any moment that we talked about it last week, a flip could, you know, a switch could flip and we could get so much closer to where we are. Things are happening. So, I mean, and I'm not trying, but our president, his name is Trump. Like, it's, it's like, it's like sometimes it could be so obvious that we just laugh at it. You know, I'm just saying like, it, and, and that could be nothing, but it's just the fact that if you are reading scriptures and you're reading, you're just kind of like, if it is or it isn't, praise God, I'm going to just keep going. But that's when we talk about maximum harvest, I just want to lay a foundation. Is it important we study? Yes. It's important we know the word because, because that's the thing about the enemy in this hour is how many people are deceived right now because they have no clue what the word says. And even sometimes the people that, that know what the word says, they're interpreting it based off circumstance instead of spirit. That's a dangerous place to be. In order to understand maximum harvest to a greater degree, I really believe that we need to have a better understanding of how God has structured every, like time, how he structured everything. Did you know it's impossible? It's impossible to gauge time without light. Did you know that? Like if everything went pitch black right now and you didn't have your phones, didn't have alarm clocks, pitch black, no sun, how do you, how do you gauge time? How do you gauge time? 
like people were like, well, we could just count or we could do different things. But you can't see if you try to write it on a wall or things like that. You have no light. We just think we always have access to light because of where we live. But what was the first thing God created? Let there be light, which we, I, I truly believe that when God said, let there be light, it was literally Jesus. It was literally Jesus. But on the fourth day, he, he, now here's the funny thing. You might not realize this, but did you know that, did you know the word sun doesn't even appear until Genesis 15? That's some, we, we say that the sun and moon were created on the fourth day, but it actually does not say sun and moon. It doesn't. It says the greater light and the lesser light. So I'm just saying, sometimes you just, we can just grow accustomed to things and we just, we, we, we say how we want. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into all that right now, but I'm saying that when God created, he created light. And then on the fourth day, he created the greater light and the lesser light. Now, when you get into understanding more of these things, the reason he created the light is so that that way there was time. You can measure, you can measure things. And why would God want to measure? He is so meticulous. He is so detail-oriented. And there are so many Christians, sometimes they're like, well, it just doesn't matter. We can just, he is on a time plan right now. They, like, you, you just think that God's just up, well, once a couple of things get sorted out, I'll, I'll intervene. You think that that's really him up there. He, is, he, he has things planned down to the second. Jesus rode into town on Palm Sunday down to the day mentioned by Daniel. And Jesus talked about things, and that's why we need to understand that when you don't understand the Old Testament and you don't know the feast, which I just want everybody to know, if you're coming in this church, we're going to be diving into the feast this year. We want to go through those, talk about them, because it's revealing his coming back. They talk, and we need to know it. So it's, it's, it's because it's Jesus in it. It's not we need to know it just because of culture and things like that. It's the Bible. It's the holy word of God. And the thing is, is that he's, he's measuring these things, measuring time. And then he, we also find out about seed time and harvest. Day three, he's talking about how the, the herbs of the earth will, will grow and they'll replenish. And then when Noah comes along and the, the flood came, what was the first thing God says is that seed time and harvest shall remain. So, but why is, we're talking about maximum harvest. Why does he bring up seed time and harvest right away? Because the, all the seasons and all the feasts are based around harvest. Like you would have a feast, a celebration because of the harvest coming in. That's why when you read the Gospels, you'll even see, if you just read it in detail, it'll be like Jesus is celebrating tabernacles. Jesus is celebrating Passover. Jesus was a Jewish man. And the thing, when he, even in the book of Acts, it talks about when Paul heard him, he talked in Hebrew. Like it, it was, and that's the thing we have to get is that there's things that sometimes we become a little naive of and it actually makes us ignorant to what is going on. But thank God for the intimacy and the spirit that brings us to these things. But you're hearing this tonight because I really believe the Lord is positioning us to get, who wants maximum harvest? Like, ma like, uh, like to everything that he has in this hour, I want to be on the forefront line. I want to be the one, like, that's why when I, when we're reading about Mary breaking that alabaster box, like her, the flask, like she, she, she doesn't know everything, but she's just like, whatever I have, Lord, I just, I, I want to be on the front lines. And she doesn't even say anything. She's like, it's not about me being seen or heard what I have to say. I just want to bless him. I just want to bless him. And there's people in this room that sometimes you even think you, you want to really be heard or you, but I'm just saying if your heart is just to bless him, then he will make you known and make it in a way that, that you will be lift. He, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you in due time. I saw, I saw something from a minister today that the greatest man who ever lived started in a manger and ended on a cross. Humility. The greatest man who ever lived started in a manger, ended on a cross. Doesn't sound glamorous, but in heaven. You want to talk about glamour. Streets of gold. Jesus is, I mean, as, as quoting Linda, Jesus is a party animal. <laughs> he likes to party. Amen.
in the best way. It's a celebration in heaven. It's joy. It's the atmosphere. So I'm just giving, I'm wetting your appetite. We're not going into all the things, but the measuring of time. The other thing you need to understand about the feast is the greater light and the lesser light. Well, the greater light would, repli- would replicate God in a sense. It's a, it's, it's a light that is, but the thing about the lesser light, it would be the moon. Now, the thing about the moon is how do so many people measure months and things? They measure it by the moon. They, and then you have the stars, how you measure seasons and things like that. And you'll hear about this throughout scripture. And the problem is, is that that's where a lot of people went off is because they started worshiping the sun, the moon, and the stars because of what it would tell them. It would reveal, but it was actually God put it in place to dictate what he was actually doing. And that's where this happened as I was studying. And I want you to go to Exodus 13, and we'll just camp between here and 14, and then we'll get back into some worship. Is this helping anybody tonight? Maximum harvest. Maximum harvest. We just need to prophesy a little bit more. Every drug addict in Clearwater is getting set free. Prostitutes are coming in to the kingdom of God. We said it last week, strip clubs turning into churches and foster homes, turning into things. We we need to speak. Come on. Alcoholists getting completely set free. That Lord, send us the tough cases. Send us. The reason, Lord, we desire this is so that way nobody can say it was just this. It, it, we want people to see your radical power to transform lives from the inside out. As a, a minister friend of mine, we don't want recycled Christians. We want the sinners to be transformed by the righteousness of God, completely changed. So many churches, all they, the churches and I'm, This is not the call. It is. But it's just the fact that so many churches, and the reason I even bring it up is because I know that this is is the conversations I've had with people when we were going to launch and things like that. People, they actually target hurt believers from other churches. Like, oh, we got better music here. (laughs) Do you see that it all becomes like, which church is the coolest? Which church has the biggest thing? Instead of, what church has God's heart and does not give a rip about all the other stuff that look, we're meeting in a cafeteria right now. We're meeting in a cafeteria. We could go to another church that has better, better things. But the reason we're here is because God said clear water and and we're going to do whatever it takes to see his glory manifest all the way through and that this city will be a blueprint. And then we'll go to the next city. Then we'll go to the next city. We'll send people out from here. That's what is going to happen. You know, that's what we got to have this heart. Yeah. And, and that's and what, and the thing is, is that in, in other countries, they don't even have nice buildings. They don't even have choices. So it's like, why would we want a target to just do these things? We want to reach the loss and you reach the loss, but with signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. You go out there and you contend and that every time you pray, you pray and that I know there's different variables involved, but you pray and you, you, you ask God to send you and it could be a word or things like that. And when things don't happen, take self inventory. Don't condemn yourself, but say, Lord, what else do I need to surrender? What else do I need to surrender so that I can be the vessel that you want to use? What can I surrender so that I'm the one that when you need something done in clear water, how can I be the representative? Not, not Lord, give me a big church. How can I be your hands and your feet. Lord, not how you can give me a better job and all these things, Lord. Just what can I do to do these things? And then all those other things will just happen as a signature of his heart. Amen. 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 So in Exodus 13 and verse 17, it says this. This is something that I read uh, just the other day and it really struck me. I got to say something else. Jesus, Yeshua, when he came, we heard somebody say it earlier, Hebrews 13, 5. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When Jesus came to the earth, what was his profession? He was a carpenter. Do you know why? Because he's the eternal architect. He came as a carpenter because he's always building. He came not just as happenstance because his dad was a carpenter, but he came to reveal that he knows how to build a foundation. He knows how to finish 
a project. He knows how to build. But you know what's really funny is most of his parables he taught were about farming, <laughs> which, which is a lot of people be like, why don't you teach on carpentry? That's what you're really good at. You know, trying to give Jesus a homiletics class. You know, if you know you're a carpenter. But when he did teach on it, does anybody remember in Matthew, Matthew 7 when he's talking about he who builds his house? So when he's talking about that, people are listening up because they know he's a carpenter. So he who builds his house on the, on the sand. And what you know, the funny thing about sand that you have to see is when, when, when God spoke to Abraham and he said, your descendants will be like the sand on the seashore and like the stars in the sky, he was talking, the sand represented man on the earth and the stars represented the descendants in heaven. So when, when, when he said, build your house on the sand, he's talking about building your house on man building your house on man wisdom and things like that. But when he said, build your house on the rock, well, the first time the word rock appears in the Bible is when God spoke to Moses to hit that rock and the water came out. So he who builds his house on the sacrifice of Jesus, that it's the cornerstone, that what he did in the life, the water comes out of it because even though the water, the floods are hitting the house, your house will not be shaken because it's actually, there's water in the rock. And it's like, it's, it's, it, there's so much in what God speaks to us, but he's the eternal architect. He's the builder. He's the carpenter. Amen. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Just seeing that. And it's, it just, it makes you understand that if he's building something, Whenever something's being built, there's timelines. So when he came as a carpenter, he's, he's saying, and what was he saying? There's so many. There's, he, he even rebuked the Pharisees and the people. He said, if, when you see a cloud rise in the sky, you all can predict it's going to rain, but you can't even tell what God is doing right now. And that's what you have to realize is we all start measuring time based off our, our work schedules. You measure time based off your work schedule. You measure time based off TV shows. You measure time. And what happened is the people that saw what God put to measure time with, they started worshiping what measured time. And you don't even realize you start worshiping your own work schedule and that your work schedule is how you dictate your life. Your social life is how you dictate your life. You're not even recognizing the signs that they're to reveal where he's at, what he's doing. So with that being said, Exodus 13, verse 17, this is right after Passover, Passover. And you know, it's, it's so amazing that you have to understand that when, when the angel of death passed over, it, 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 it's, not that, it's not that he passed by. Do you see there's a difference? Like he didn't pass by and be like, all right, you know, you're good. You're good. You're good. He passed over, which means the judgment had to come. Like the judgment has to pass over. And it wasn't just the blood on the doors, and that's where we, we miss it sometimes, but the blood on the doors represented that they had a conviction. So the blood was actually on the inside of the door because it took a revelation inside to put it on the outside. Because God doesn't look on appearance. He looks on the heart. So it wasn't just because somebody says, there, just because you have a cross, just because you have different things, does not mean judgment has to pass over but it's a revelation of his blood. And then, so in Exodus 13, verse 17, it says, Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near for God, or that, for that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Now, I read that verse and something struck me. I've read that verse a lot and something struck me like, God literally said that there was an easier way to get them out of Egypt than to go through the Red Sea. He said there was an easier way, but the thing is, is he was saying that it would have caused conflict and they would have wanted to just go around, but God actually knew an easier way. And that's, that's awesome, but what that reveals to me when I keep reading, they actually, and they've proven this, if you look at the maps, you'll see that there was a very easy way they could have took, but they didn't. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph, which was 
Joseph prophesied back in Genesis with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry my bones from here with you. So they took their journey from Sokoth and camped in Etham at the edge of the wilderness, and the Lord went before them by a day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as it was to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from the people. So is if something popped out to you, what were we just talking about a little earlier about how day and night are measured? Okay, so what happens when God is leading the people out of bondage, out of Egypt, is all of a sudden God doesn't want them to measure their day based off what they're familiar with, but he wants them to measure the time of day based off how he's manifesting himself. No longer is it daytime because the sun's in the sky. It's daytime because we're following a cloud. No longer is it nighttime because it's dark. It's nighttime because he's a fire. So what was God doing here is he's trying to help recalibrate people to understand that we measure things based off the manifestation of him. So what's happening right now is the world is in a pandemic and things are going crazy and it looks like we're on the back end of it. But that does not mean everything is is just hunky-dory. There's things on the way. And if we don't start understanding how he's manifesting himself, we are going to completely miss it. And you've probably seen brothers and sisters that love the Lord that are in complete fear right now, that they don't even know what God is doing. They have no clue that he's manifesting. They're twisting scriptures to just accommodate their, their comfort and the things of these nature, not realizing that the scriptures are not for your comfort. The scriptures are to reveal the comforter and to help people to see what is really going on. Amen. So we need to understand the way when we're reading the scriptures, God, how are you manifesting yourself in this hour? Because the way you remember Jesus said in John chapter, uh, John chapter nine with the man that was born blind, that member of the disciple, thank you. The disciples, the disciples are, are asking this man that was born blind, was he born blind because of his sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus said, neither but so that the glory of God may be manifested. Why it is still day? Because the night is coming. And if you study scripture with understanding the cloud and the fire, every time a cloud descended, instruction came. It was God speaking. But when fire came, it was purifying. It was accepting sacrifice. And that's what's happening in worship right now, that the fire of God is falling in such a... a and I'm talking, I, I think we're about to have such... I'm, I, feel, I really believe we're prophesying right now that the fire of God that you knew is only like one degree. The fire of God that you knew. I believe that when we start coming together, the fire of God is going to get to a place that you're not going to be able to sit there and be a casual Christian anymore. The fire of God is stirring and it's purifying. Things that you used to do last week are now the pit of hell in your life. I can't watch this anymore. I can't do this anymore. He's coming back and he's worthy. Yes, he is. And the fire of God, it's leading us, leading us. And it seems like night is all around. It seems like it's dark, but we don't even, we're not moved by these things, but we see the manifestation. He is leading us into because the thing about the fire manifesting is how does he return? He returns with fire in his eyes. So as the fire increases, it's just the revealer that we're getting closer to his face. <laughs> Amen. The fire in his eyes is a reflection of us. One thing that I did step over, Jesus, when we were just reading earlier about how God led them a different way than he could have led them a different way and the reason he didn't. And this is, I, I believe this is, we need to say this tonight. The reason why God didn't only lead them, he didn't take them the easier way, but he took them through the Red Sea, is here's, the th here's something that is very profound that we need to understand in our, our personal walks with the Lord, is that God took them to the Red Sea because they could have easily took this easier route, but it would, it would have required no supernatural assistance other than just, you know, go left, go right. But God was preparing them for 
the promised land. And the promised land is a supernatural land. So you can only get to a supernatural land through a supernatural way. You know what I'm saying? Nobody gets born again by just taking a, you know, a, a little class here in, bi- you know, in Bible college, the born again class. Everybody take this. And, you know, if you pass the test, you know, it's, it's not like that. It's a supernatural experience. So with that, when, when God took them through the Red, Red Sea, and what did this, when did this happen? It happened right after Passover, right? So this is a manifestation here of what they just operated in because when they're going to the Red Sea and Moses lifts up his staff, they march through. But when they get to the other side, it's very, and here, let's read it. Let's make sure we get our eyes on it. In Exodus 14, verse 21, it says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land. And do you see it was night? When you start reading scriptures, check out where it's at. It's important. It'll help. So if it was at night, how was God leading them through this? There was a fire in the middle of the Red Sea leading them through. And the waters divided, so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them in the midst of the sea, all the Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and horses. This is why God needs to take you somewhere supernatural, because what happens is the enemy takes the bait. And when you start going down a supernatural path, he thinks he can follow you. You see where I'm going with this? He thinks he can follow you and he'll bring his best army. He'll bring all of his minions. He'll bring them all and they're all coming after you. But as you keep reading, it says, now I came to pass in the morning watch. Okay. So there go. it took him a long time to get through the sea. And the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire. And cloud, he troubled the army of the Egyptians and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Check this out. When they got to the other side, this is what a lot of you need to understand tonight is that some of you have started on a supernatural course, but there's something you need to do. And it's right here that when Moses stretched his hand out, the the waters parted and they marched through. But sometimes we don't hear this part of the story correctly. But what happens at the end is in verse 26, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, the chariots and their horsemen. So what happened was Moses had to open it up supernaturally, let the enemy come in after him, and then turn around and and talk. Cause the floods to submerge. And I believe that that's what's going to about to cause this maximum harvest. The reason why God, the reason why God didn't just take them the easy way, but took them this supernatural way is so that the enemy that has been preventing you from gaining maximum ground, that he's telling you to turn around and say, let these waters fall on his head, on the armies and everything and clear the way that we are going forward and we are going to take ground in such a powerful way. Amen. And I encourage you tonight that it was a necessary precaution, that it was not only enough to open the waters to get through, but to close the waters on him. And a lot of us are so kind of distracted, like, God, what do I do next? That you're not even turning around and, and dealing with what's on the tail that's actually preventing you from going forward. And then when they get to the promised land, you guys know that before they got there, they're thinking that this army, these Philistines are going to take them out because they didn't get the revelation that the Lord fights their battles, that he leads them in these places. And he's got it. So God has led us to this moment. You need to be rejoicing that you live in this hour because we are about to see unprecedented miracles. We are about to see things happen, that it is going to be completely normal for somebody to come in here on a wheelchair and leave, standing up straight. That, that, that I believe that we are about to see major manifestations of the glory of God, major manifestations, because that's the thing about the fire of God is that remember when Solomon 
when they dedicated the temple and they bring the greatest offering ever known with all the money and all the all these things, what happened? A cloud filled, this glory filled, and it's when the fire and the cloud, it's like it's no longer just we're trying to measure things based off what time it is. We're measuring it based off how is he manifesting himself? Because how he's manifesting himself reveals what hour we're in. Amen. So we're going to go on a journey with this next week. You have to be here. You have to do whatever you have to do to be here and invite as many. I, I, let's fill this place up next week, even more. And Evangelist Yana Pauls is going to come. She's been to 34 countries preaching the gospel in places that are, it, it's, it, it's, it's like so many people would pee their pants, like even at the thought of where she's, she's gone in this time right now. By, by herself, just for the matter. She went, like, she would just go and just what the Lord, it spoke to her. So we're going to have her here next week. And she feels led. She's from the river. So she feels led to teach on the fire of God. <laughs> so, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it's going to be amazing. Lord, we just thank you for this amazing night, Lord, that we can just come and celebrate. Father, we thank you that that the duration of this year, Lord, that, Father, we are expecting maximum harvest, Lord. Father, I thank you that just continue, Holy Spirit, to train us to be attentive to your voice, attentive to your whisper, attentive to everything that you are saying and doing in this moment, Lord. Father, I thank you that we would be very, very aware what you are saying and what you are doing that Lord even when all craziness is going on Lord that your whisper is our news your whisper is our commission your whisper is life Lord we thank you that as we go we go with a mission and that next week we thank you that between this day and next Tuesday, Lord, I thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles that happen all over. Lord, I thank you that everywhere we go, the kingdom of God would be manifested. It would not just be manifested in just word alone, but Lord, in demonstration. We thank you for it. 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 We worship you, Lord. Bless your people tonight. We receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name.